The following program is furnished by Startup Nation Media Group. Okay, welcome to Startup Nation Radio today. Today we're focused on giving you an opportunity out there, those of you who are thinking about starting a business or those of you who want to grow your existing business and who doesn't, right? And what we're focused on today is one of the big challenges. The theme of today's show is customer acquisition for early stage companies, early stage startups, young companies, fresh companies, those that are putting their marketing plans and awareness campaigns in place on paper, or whether they're just starting to execute. This is for the earliest stage companies, and we're here to help you figure out how to do it right. We're going to have an expert on the show, which uh, we'll introduce her in a few minutes. Now, this show is brought to you in partnership with SCORE, specifically the Southeast Michigan chapter of SCORE, and we've got Armando Ojedo from SCORE on with us. Armando, good to have you back on. Hello, Jeff. Very happy to be here again. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, it's great. And the last show was really, we got a lot of good feedback from the last show. You know, this gives people, instead of us at Startup Nation, really focusing on the content we want to present, this is an opportunity for the audience to have access to a real expert and to be able to call in, ask questions, get information directly. And certainly then those of you who just want to listen in can learn, you know, we Typically, when someone asks a question, it's the kind of thing we all want to know an answer to. And as I said, we'll have a guest on really helping us frame out how to do customer acquisition in the very earliest stages right. Now, Armando, why don't you, with no further ado, why don't you tell us first about SCORE again and the amazing work that SCORE does and the services you provide, and then we'll bring on Lisa O'Connell, our guest, right following that, okay? Very good. Well, hello, Jeff, again, and hello to your listeners. So for those of you who aren't familiar with SCORE, We've been around since 1964, and we have over 300 chapters and over 12,000 volunteers. And SCORE is dedicated solely to entrepreneurs and small business owners. And our focus is really providing mentoring services and education through workshops. And so the mentoring piece is really critical, especially for startups, because there's a lot that small business owners and entrepreneurs don't know. And so we help to guide them and we point them in the right direction. We provide them with free resources. And I just wanna say, and I'll repeat it several times, all of the services that SCORE offers are free. And so any startup, startup entrepreneur can come to SCORE at SCORE.org and look for all of the resources that we offer. And they can find a mentor there, they can find a workshop there, they can find templates there for their business in whatever aspect they want, finance, marketing, you know, how to file for a particular business structure. So we have lots of free services for aspiring entrepreneurs and startup business owners. Yes, Armando, what, what amazes me most about SCORE is that, as you said, the services are free. And this is the one time when the old adage, you get what you pay for, does not apply because the services are free and the people that are there to offer their help and guidance are the most credentialed, most capable, skilled, knowledgeable people you can possibly interact with. I mean, it's important to get mentoring for startups at any cost, but to get this kind of quality mentoring at a price of free is just amazing. If people don't take advantage of SCORE or know about SCORE, you're really, really missing out. Definitely tap the resources at SCORE. All right, with no further ado, Armando, let's bring on our guest today. Again, the theme of today's show is customer acquisition for young companies. And that is, I think, one of the most challenging things young companies face. It's expensive. There's a plethora of options. Where do I go? Where do I turn? What do I do first? What do I do at all in order to attract customers? So this is something that every startup company, regardless of what business you're in, you must face this challenge. And we're going to help you get it all framed out today, we hope. 
Armando, please introduce our guest. Well, we have the best person to really talk about that. Lisa O'Connell is a subject matter expert in sales at SCORE. She's an accomplished sales professional, has had a very stellar sales career, and she's a high-performing SCORE volunteer. She has the first contact with people who are, want to become volunteers, and she closes the deal. And she also conducts sales workshops that talk about the sales process, and it really gives clarity about what one should be doing in order to acquire customers. And she also mentors business owners. So I would like to introduce, take this opportunity to introduce our high-performing expert, Lisa O'Connell. Welcome, Lisa. Hello, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Armando, thanks for the nice intro. Very well deserved. Yes, yes, indeed, Lisa. You are really on the leading edge of this critical component of not only designing a startup, but executing as well. And that's really kind of, it's the intersection of marketing and sales. I think you focus most on sales. Is that right, Lisa? I do. And I look forward to the questions about sales. And it's something that these new business owners will have to do for the entire life cycle of their business. Right. And so first you have to create the awareness and the attraction and so on, and then you got to close them, right? And so tell us specifically, just in general, some of the things you focus on when you're coaching people. What are the basic components that you like to focus on when you're coaching sales? The one I just mentioned, for instance, they're going to have to keep selling. Even though they're going to have to deliver their product or make their product, they need to keep their eye on the ball for selling. Because if they get distracted and start doing all the implementing, all the operations, their sales funnel is going to shrink. So if they want consistent income, they need to keep selling all the time. And that's kind of hard because you've got to prioritize that with delivering the product and continuously selling the product, especially because a lot of business owners come from where they made the product originally. So that's what they like doing the best. So it's helping them prioritize that sales has to be really important every day for the life of their business. Right. And it isn't something that's random. As you say, it's a focus. It's a discipline. It's a, it's a real focus and you must really make it a priority every day, right? And fill the top of the funnel and move people down that funnel from, uh, you know, while converting them from aware to closing a sale at the bottom of the funnel. We're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, I'd like to discuss, you know, for me, sales is all about the sales funnel. So maybe we could frame out and make sure people understand what a sales funnel is, how you use it, and then how you move, you know, where you start at the top of the funnel with awareness, moving down the key things to getting them to close. Does that sound good, Lisa? That's awesome. Looking forward to it. All right, great. We're going to take some callers too. Listen, when we come back more with this Ask the Expert show with SCORE as our partner. Back in a moment with more. Welcome back to Startup Nation Radio. Today, uh, doing another Ask the Expert show with our great partners at SCORE. We've got Armando Ojeda, who is guest co-hosting. Armando, thanks for, for doing this. Thanks for all the amazing work you and SCORE do for the community as well. Well, thanks, Jeff. We really appreciate the partnership with Startup Nation. Absolutely. Yeah, great to have you on. This is important subject matter. And as I say, this is a unique show because people get to call in and get access to some of the great experts that uh, SCORE brings to the community, makes available to the community. And it's all free. It's unbelievable, really. High value, no cost. Where do you get that in today's world? You get it at SCORE. All right. So Lisa O'Connell, you're the expert today. We're talking the theme of today's show is customer acquisition, marketing, sales, really focus on sales. That handshake that happens between marketing and sales, so critical to understand how all that works and how to make it all go in your favor. 
Lisa, when we last left the when we left when we left the last segment, you had mentioned the term sales funnel. Now, a lot of people really don't know what a sales funnel is or how to use it. I think it's and to me, it's just so incredible. It frames out. You can even do it graphically, however you want to represent it, whether it's a Excel spreadsheet or however you want to represent it. Having a sales funnel and understanding how it works, moving from attraction or awareness at the top of the funnel, you know, target candidates at the top of the funnel down to sales at the bottom. Tell us how we ought to think about using sales funnel in the marketing and sales process. Sure. So, Jeff, when you talk about that sales funnel, it is a continuous process. So you're continuously adding people into the very top of that funnel. Those are called your prospects. And your goal is to get them to learn about your product and you're learning about their needs and they're looking at you in the competition and you're moving them down that funnel all the way to where they become a customer and hopefully a really good reference for you. So if you think of a funnel, the top's very wide. So you may put two or 300 people into that funnel and as they move through that funnel, they're getting qualified. And at the very end, you get much fewer than you put in. So you may put two or 300 in, you may get 10 or 20 actual sales out of it. So you have to keep putting them in the top constantly at that same really large rate so that you can move them through the funnel and get them to buy your product. Absolutely. And it is a pro it's both a discipline and a process. I have a feeling those are going to be recurring themes today. I love how you framed it at the top. Those are your prospects. Let's walk down an example funnel and let's talk about some of the things you can do at each stage of the funnel because there are things in between you know, many times I hear the terms nurture campaign or drip campaign, or, you know, there are things you can do between the top of the funnel and the bottom of the funnel to move them down to the bottom of the funnel and actually make a spend with you. So how do I, for, let's start at the top, prospects. Let's say I'm a painter and I offer, I offer home painting services. Just by way of example, you know, there's a million examples we could call on. That one popped into my head. Let's run with it for a second. I need prospects at the top of my funnel in order to have people closing at the bottom of my funnel and, and actually becoming paying customers. How do I, just in general, what are some of the disciplines or ways to focus on getting that good population at the widest part of the funnel at the top in the prospects category? Right. So if you think of those, the very top, when they start out as kind of leads, right? Or maybe a target customer base. So you could actually call it marketing if you have that marketing department, right? And they can somehow do something magic in the background. And then it comes to you as a lead. Maybe that lead is warm. Maybe that lead is cold. Maybe somebody goes to a conference, they start collecting your networking, you're collecting a whole bunch of different information on your, your potential customers. Those are your prospects. And then what we want to try to do after that is meet with them and judge their level of interest, maybe how much pain they're having with what they're doing right now. You're trying to understand what their needs are for the project, and they're trying to understand how you're different than the competition. And so we move them down a rate again. Maybe they have to take some type of a test drive, do some type of a demo, and we're going to move those down again. If they like your car, they move down. If they like your demo, they move down that funnel. And then you're going to actually try to, at some point, get them to close or make sure that they're looking at all the information that you have and you're matching up what they need with what you're selling. And eventually they have to make that decision, right? So they're kind of interested in you. They know more about you. Now they've got to make a decision. Is this the actual company that I want to buy from? So that's how they start from all the way at the top and move through that funnel. 
Okay, so let, let me just run through. That's great. Let me run through some specific examples. Going back to, I'm a painter. I want to sell my services mm -hmm. in my local community so I can paint homes in my community just by way of example. Right. So I might at the top of the funnel, uh, you know, you have the whole, the whole local community of potential, you know, you got everybody that lives in that community. That's not my funnel yet. That's just my world that I'm going to target. Now I need to do something specifically to move that some percentage of that population that I can target into my top of the funnel as my prospect. So for example, I might do a Facebook ad campaign or social media campaign of some kind. I might, I don't know, Lisa, tell us some other things I might do to populate <laughs> that top of the funnel. The prospects. I might do a little bit of research and find out who's most likely to need their house painted, right? There we go. So if I was going to send something out, I don't want to send it out to every single person out there. If they've just built a new house, then they're probably not going to need painting. Um, there, if there you they're go. maybe... Uh, and I might, I'm sorry, I might do other things like, for example, uh, I want to make sure I'm listed in Google for sure. So if someone does a search, I don't even have to go find right. them or spend to find them beyond that. They find me. And then I might right. have a call to action, like sign up for my newsletter or, or they may call you, you know, and leave a message on the voicemail. If that's what it is, that becomes a lead then right now I'm populating the top, the prospects category at the very top of my funnel. Right now they're actually reaching out to you and that's when sales starts. Now you're going to talk to them about what you can potentially do to help them. So that's the actual handoff between sales and marketing. Right. But instead of just moving from then zero to 60 or from the top to the mm -hmm. bottom, there are steps in between that I can nurture them along, bring them along that people don't clearly understand. Typically what happens is, you know, someone will leave a phone number on your voicemail or whatever it may be and say, I need, I need home painting services. I want to talk to you. And you call back and say it's, you know, uh, whatever it is, $50 an hour. I have no idea. And you quote them and you say, if you want my services, you tell them a little bit about your credentials. But there might be things in between, for example. And again, this is just example. I'm not saying this is the best practice for a painter to market him or herself. This is really just examples. I might say, you know what I'd love to do? I'd love to send you this little booklet I've done by, you know, email. If I could get your email address or, you know, that talks about the hottest paint colors of the year. And then you can think about that and get back to me on which, color, you know, if you found a color that you weren't even thinking about that might be of interest to you. And again, this is high level example, but that's part of that nurture, right? Between zero and 60, between prospects and, and selling. Uh, is that right, Lisa? Exactly. Yeah. They need, you need to learn about what problems they have and they need to learn about what solutions you have. So it might be actually showing them another house that you already painted successfully or maybe giving them a reference so that reference can actually help you sell, right? Because they're going to say you showed up on time, you got the job done on time, and you did a great job painting, picked up all your stuff, nothing was broken, and they're a real happy customer. So they're actually helping that customer learn what you provide and helping you get that person through the funnel. Yeah, perfect. That's why you're the expert. I like your example much better than mine. Instead of sending them a, you know, a sample of paint colors to choose from, you're absolutely right. Maybe the next step is, let me get your email address. Let me send you a list of homes I've done in your area that you can even check out. And let me also send you some testimonials here, say maybe for example, that uh, you know you could even use as references since these people are in your community. Um, that's a really great example of what you do between prospect and closing at the bottom sales in order to have a better shot at that close at the bottom of the funnel. Okay. That's really great. I know um, one thing, again, we wanted to do, we, pr we promised we'd do this. We've got a caller. What I'm going to do, we've got to run to a break in a minute, but I'm going to get the caller in to ask his question. We'll come back on the other side of the break, and we'll have Lisa, our expert, give the answer. Let's go to Joel from St. Clair Shores. Joel, you have a question for us on Startup Nation Radio. 
I do. Hey, thank you very much. Uh, my wife and I, we started a transportation company over here on the east side. We've just gotten up and, under, and underway. You know, I've been spending a lot of time on my website. I got that, I think, looking good. I'm working on my social media and getting all that work. Put a lot of hours into trying to get it um, up to speed, I guess, from my, my side of it. And I was speaking to a mentor the other day, and really he kind of he had a moment with me. He said that I needed to spend more time selling and less time marketing. And I guess it's something that I should know, and I should know the difference. But I guess I'm, I'm a little bit in a quandary there, and I, and I felt kind of silly to ask the question. So I'm hoping maybe you could give me a little bit of help as to what is the difference between, between the work that I'm putting in and I thought I was selling. Excellent question, Joel. Listen, Lisa, we're going to run to a quick break. When we come back, Lisa, you get your answer teed up. I know that's something a lot of us wonder about, kind of the difference between marketing and sales, which to focus on when both are critical. One leads to the other. I'm going to let you take it and give us a good answer to Joel's question from St. Clair Shores. Thanks so much for calling in. Back with more after this break on Startup Nation Radio. Welcome back to Startup Nation Radio. Today, focused on one of the most important things, Startup companies, and frankly, even big companies have to focus on, and that's sales and marketing. Customer acquisition for early stage startups is really the specific focus today. We've got Armando Ojeda on with us as a guest, a co-host from SCORE, and we've got our expert, Lisa O'Connell, on that's going to help us understand how to do marketing and sales to the best of our ability and why, why and how, really. It's such a critical discipline for startups. Armando, before we went to the break, we had a question from Joel from St. Clair Shores. Why don't you reframe it for us and hand it off to Lisa. Sure. Well, Joel was really asking about the difference between sales and marketing. And I think one of the things that's happening today, especially with social media, is that people focus solely on social media marketing. And I don't think they know enough about sales because I don't hear people talk about sales. So I think it's really important to really make the distinction, Lisa, and I know you can do that, between what really is marketing and where it fits into the sales cycle and where sales fit. Perfect. Well, Joel, first I want to say congratulations. I really do think it takes a lot of guts to get out there and take these risks. So great job getting that business started. And then your mentor, well, that's pretty cool because it sounds like he's really challenging you. He's not just saying, great, I'm happy that you're doing all your marketing. He's really putting something out there and saying you need to rethink what you're working on and how to prioritize your time. So what I'm going to talk about here is kind of an oversimplification of the difference between marketing and sales. So we all have to wear a lot of hats when we start up our own business. We have to wear an IT hat. We have to wear a finance hat, a sales hat, a marketing hat, operational hat. We have to wear them all. And sometimes in small business, we combine the sales and marketing hat. So people use those words interchangeably that might be where you're getting hung up. So what your mentor is trying to tell you is there is a difference between sales and marketing, a really clear difference. And if I oversimplify it for you, what I would say is that marketing is kind of passive. So you actually do something, you create a website, and then you wait. So the passiveness is after you've taken your action, you wait for something to happen. You may put some mailers in the snail mail and get them out to people, and then you wait for somebody to call you. You may do some type of search engine optimization, and then you wait for somebody to call you. That's marketing. 
sales is a little bit more active. You're actually doing something with that customer. Once that customer walks through your door, you're starting the sale. Once that customer calls into you and you're picking up the phone and talking to them, the sales cycle started. Lisa, once they become that prospect, going back to the funnel, once they become that prospect at the top of the funnel. Right. The very top of that funnel, they came from the magic world of your marketing, whether that be through your emails, your snail mail, your social, whatever you're putting out there, then they become a prospect. They were a target before that. Now they're a sales prospect. They actually entered your funnel by you reaching out to them or them reaching out to you. And now things are getting really active. It's kind of exciting, right? A little bit scary, but a little bit exciting because now you're actually talking to that actual prospect and you're getting the opportunity to learn a little bit about them and find out how your product might serve them really well. So that's the exciting part and it's a lot more active. So what your mentor is actually asking you to do is to move to that second portion. You're done with your website. You're done with your logo. You're done actually buying, I should say, your, your market, your target market, and you've sent some stuff out to them. Now we're going to do something really active and we're going to start selling to them. And that's why when people hire marketing, sometimes they yell at their marketing guy and say, hey, our sales are horrible. Why are our sales so horrible? And the marketing guy says, well, because you're not selling. <laughs> marketing isn't actually doing the sales part. They're getting that person into your door or on your phone, into your shop, at your website. Then sales starts. So I think you've got this. I, I think that your next step now is to work with your mentor and to recognize there's a difference between the two and get your mentor to help you maybe do some role plays so you can gain some confidence. Maybe practice what your sales funnel looks like so you'll know how to get them to the next part of your sales funnel. Or perhaps practice on your wife. That would work well, too. <laughs> yeah. Don't practice on your customers. First of all, that is a high-quality answer. I'll tell you, on Startup Nation Radio, it always thrills me when we get, when we get really good content to deliver our community. And I, I was uh, dialed in as you were speaking, Lisa. I think you framed it really well. So you kind of highlighted the difference between marketing and sales both different functions, but how they also obviously work together and, and it's in a continuum, one hands off to the other, marketing hands off to sales, marketing drives the prospects, sales closes those prospects, and they both have to work hand in hand and they both have to work effectively in order to have that funnel really humming with the kind of activity you need to get to where you want to get, and that's a sale. Exactly. So, so that's really great. I think the other thing is that really comes out of this is that once you enter that sales phase, Lisa, as you mentioned in the previous segment, it becomes a process. It's not random. You don't just pick up the phone and say, I've got to return this call. Someone called in and asked about our services. You have to do that in, in concert with your process, right? Whatever that is, whatever's down that funnel, whatever you do as, you know, it's not too boxed in, but you know, there's a formulaic approach, right? Lisa, you've got a, a system, a process. Exactly. Think how many times you've been part of somebody else's sales funnel. Have you bought a vehicle lately? Once you walk into that dealership, the sales start. And you're not going to ask somebody right away to take their credit information and have them fill out a credit app the minute they cross the door. So you know that there's several things that have to happen. Maybe they have to have a test drive. Maybe they have to talk about their trade-in value or when their lease ends. So there's something that's happening to you personally. You're part of somebody else's sales funnel. 
Right. And as I say, it's a process and you, you know, I'm sure it's a process that is continually being refined and honed and improved upon, optimized. As you learn what works and what doesn't, you continue to improve your system. Listen, we've got another caller, Lisa. We're going to run to Louisa from Troy. You have a question for us on Startup Nation Radio. We've got Lisa O'Connell standing by, ready to give you the answers. Louisa, welcome. Hi, welcome. Thank you for taking my uh, question here. Of course. My question is, I'm preparing for my business plan, but I just don't know how much I should allocate for marketing. Um, And how would I figure that out? Excellent question. That's an important one. (laughs) Lisa. (laughs) All right, so... It is really important, and I commend you for saying that it it should have some importance there. Some of us, I think, I know I personally do, I hate the budget word at home because it may tell me that I can't buy what I want to buy. But if we're using it in our business, it's going to help us define our strategy and success. So a common mistake people make with their marketing budget is to make it too low at the beginning. And the reason why I say this is because back to what Jeff said earlier, you're refining your sales process. But at the very beginning, your sales process is a little unknown. Your personal sales skills are probably a little bit lower than they will be in a month or two months or six months down the road. So that means your conversion from a prospect to a customer is going to be a little low. So what I would suggest you do is find a way to find out how much it takes to get 100 people, say, through your door or calling into you? And what does it take to convert those 100 people into, say, 10 prospects to buyers? So we're going to do it on a small amount. So instead of starting out with thousands and thousands, let's do a little test to find out how you convert. And then how many do you want to sell and work that backwards, just like a math problem. If I know how many people I want to sell to, then I got to work it backwards to how many people I need to market to. Right. Excellent. Listen, guys, we're going to run to another quick break, but Lisa, thank you for that wisdom. Armando, I have to ask you a quick question. And by the way, Louisa, thank you for calling in from Troy and asking your question. I know a lot of people wonder the same thing about how much to spend on sales and marketing. And Armando, I have a question for you. Is this kind of guidance that we're, this amazing guidance we're getting from Lisa, this is the kind of thing that SCORE makes available? I could contact SCORE and have access to Lisa and others like her? Absolutely. And, you know, Lisa is really a good example of the kind of seasoned executive, the kind of seasoned business owner or entrepreneur that actually helps guide other business people. And not only do they have the expertise, as you can hear from Lisa, but also they have the desire to give back to the small business community because that's yeah. why they're there. So yeah, that's absolutely, incredible. people do have access to people of the high quality and high caliber of Lisa O'Connell. Incredible. Well, I'll tell you what, we've got her for another 10 minutes or so, another segment coming up on Startup Nation Radio. We're going to make the most of it and continue to deliver value to you. And again, if you have a question, 800-859-0957 will connect you directly to Lisa O'Connell, get you answers about the sales and marketing process and how you can improve and optimize yours. Stick with us on Startup Nation Radio back after this break. Welcome back to Startup Nation Radio. This show Ask the Expert Show in partnership with SCORE, Armando Ojeda, guest hosting. And we're just, we're we're getting a showcase of what the kind of value SCORE can deliver from a mentoring and and just expertise standpoint. We've got Lisa O'Connell on. She's helping us understand how to optimize our sales and marketing process for 
early stage young companies. And uh, we appreciate both Armando and Lisa being on the show with us today and giving this really incredibly high value content that I know everybody wants to know the answers to. Now, remember, you can call in. This is a special show. Ask the Experts show. And 800-859-0957 is the number if you want to talk to Lisa O'Connell and get some answers. Lisa, I have to ask, picking up on something from the last segment, you talked about in the beginning, you spend more on your marketing and you learn what works and then you optimize that marketing to continue to focus your spend on the things that work best. And in order to have a common kind of uh, measuring stick, a common standard of how one is performing versus the other, say Facebook ads versus a billboard on a freeway, just to Mm -hmm. take wild examples. But nevertheless, I need to know how is one performing versus the other? First of all, one of the keys is you have to have really good analysis, metrics, ability to track, uh, ability to understand, uh, to have attribution to you know which is working, which isn't. Online certainly lends itself the best, I think, to having that direct reporting coming back to you so you know how an, an ad campaign is working or a marketing campaign versus another. And then you want to distill all that down to a common maybe cost per acquisition. Would that be right? A CPA? And then you can measure one against the other and put your dollars into what's working. What do you think? Right. So I think at the simplest level, I like to put myself in those shoes and where have people sold to me? So I don't know if you guys remember the pizza campaign for Cheesy 22. So when we tell that company that we're using Cheesy 22, they just found out that we actually got that from the television ad. So maybe we get something else from the print ad or the text ad, but they're giving us a code and we're giving that code back to them. So even if you're not doing it through the computer analytics, somehow they're figuring out when they should advertise to me because I'm giving them their code. All right. That's a key point. I want to underscore that. I want to make sure everyone just grasps that. So I said online's better because you can get direct reporting. I take out a Google ad or I, I do a Facebook ad. I can get reporting on exactly how many times, you know, the impressions, how many times the action that I desire was taken on, maybe clicking on a link, whatever it may be. And so I can measure that very, very directly. And then I can pick it up from there and have sales then take it from there. And I know all the way down to the bottom what that acquisition cost me versus what I made off that customer. Now, you just said something really important. I said, it's harder to know how a billboard's performing. You know, Generally speaking, what you do there is you just estimate how many cars drive by, what the general impressions were, You know, there's some, but it's very general, it's not specific. But you gave us a clue on how to make it specific, and that is attach a code, a coupon code, a promotion code to each of the different campaigns if you're not able to track like you can online. And then you record that inbound as the caller comes in with that promotion code. Now you can attribute where that lead came from. Exactly. And now we know how much it's going to cost because we can figure out how much we paid for the billboard and we can figure out how many people brought in the special code. Excellent. That was a great tip. Okay, very good. Now, I know we've got another caller I want to get to. I'm trying to get to as many as we can. Again, the number is 800-859-0957. Let's go to Joanne from Madison Heights. You have a question for Lisa O'Connell. Please, Joanne, welcome to Startup Nation Radio. Hi, Lisa. You guys are talking about measurements. And, you know, a previous caller was on budgets, and I don't make a budget because, like I heard you say, you know, I (laughs) You're, you're an entrepreneur, <laughs> right? Entrepreneurs don't make budgets. So, are you kidding me? No. Right. <laughs> Lisa, but, we need you. you know, so, we need you. The the red light's right, going yeah. off. The, the warning lists, the warnings are sounding. No budget. No budget. <laughs> I just keep spending and spending and spending. You know, I get sales, but I'd like to get better at it. 
how do I know how much I should be spending and how do I measure if the money that I'm putting in is actually getting me what I should be expecting? That's a very sophisticated question. Nice job, Joanne. I think in a way you like budgets. You're, you're thinking this through, but I think you're thinking of it in a more proactive way. So you're trying to figure out, you're jumping to step two. How can I make the best out of my budget is what you're really coming to. Oh, I didn't think of it that way. Thank you. First of all, one of the things that you asked is how can you benchmark? And that's going to be specific to your industry, right? So each Mm -hmm. industry has to pay a different amount to get a customer. If you think about it, it's going to cost General Motors a lot more to get me as a customer of their vehicle than it may cost an author to buy a book. So we're going to have to think about what our product is and what that customer lifetime value is and then kind of work looking at that because we don't want to pay a whole lot to acquire a customer when we don't have a lot of profit maybe on our book. On the other hand, if we've got a lot of profit on the product and there's a long lifetime value, like for example, your bank, maybe your bank wants to make sure that you've got some some good long-term value with them. So if we look at that, we can start to say, well, first of all, what is customer acquisition cost? It's the cost of obtaining that customer divided by how many you get. So if you have to hire a salesperson and you have to hire somebody to do marketing, together those two costs, whatever the marketing costs are and the sales costs are, you're putting together to acquire that new customer. And a lot of times that cost, once you can find out what it is, you can figure out if that's relative to the industry, good. And if you think about it, that could be how many clicks they have on the computer, how many things they put in their basket. Um, It's going to depend industry to industry. So I want you to, to do me a favor and simply Google customer acquisition cost, and you can take a look at that and find out by industry what your industry benchmarks would be. Very good, sophisticated question. Thanks so much, Joanne. I had no idea that that was available. I didn't even know what to ask Google. So thank you so much for that information. I really appreciate it. Sure. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you, Joanne. Yeah, I'm impressed with the uh, questions we've gotten from the audience today. How about that Startup Nation audience? Not bad, huh, Lisa? They're awesome. Sophisticated. That was a very sophisticated question. Thanks, Joanne. Yeah, and an important one. Yeah, I mean, so you know, startup so, business owners really have a lot of smarts, don't they? Indeed, and, and these are the questions that everyone out there who's got a business wants to understand and needs to understand. Absolutely needs to understand. Don't get into business until you're ready to get into business, which includes framing out your sales and marketing process, making sure you've got your conversion funnel figured out, your process, you know, and have some hypotheses about what you're going to test in the way of marketing. And be able to track, make sure you're able to track one way or the other, whether it's that coupon code or whether it's, you know, online marketing and getting the kind of reporting we're able to get from online marketing. Make sure you're able to distill it down to a cost per acquisition, make comparison and optimize your spend so that as a small business, you're getting the biggest bang for your buck. Listen, Lisa, I can't thank you enough. And Armando, can't thank you enough as well for bringing on high quality, uh, you know, content and, and such a great guest. And Lisa, thank you both very much for being on today. Really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Thank you again very much for the partnership and, and the opportunity to showcase SCORE and its people. Well, and again, you know, just such high value at no cost. That's right. 
That's the high value at no cost checkout score. Armando, how do people find score? Sure. They can go just to www.score.org. And it's right there, and you can find a mentor, you can find a workshop, you can find templates, all of this stuff. And if you want advice from a person like Lisa, check out and get a a mentor that has the qualifications that you're looking for. Right. And is that the best way to find Lisa? Or Lisa, should you also provide us with a direct website address or some other way for people to contact you directly? Or or should you go through SCORE? our area, we're at southeastmichigan.score.org. And when you pop up in there, you can ask for a mentor and you'll be routed by your zip code to a mentor that can help you out. And typically we match based on the information that's put into that pop-up screen. So describe your question completely and we'll get you with a well-suited mentor. All right, right on. Listen, when we start the Startup Nation radio show, we say this is the show for you to learn about how to start and grow your dream business. And boy, did we help people do just that today. Thank you both again very much. We'll be back next week again with another edition of Startup Nation Radio. The preceding program was furnished by Startup Nation Media Group.